Hi, everyone. Today, I'd like to talk about one of the biases. You know, we talk about the hybrid workplace and a lot of people returning to office in the last month and the impact of that adjustment for everyone. Uh, For some people, you know, having to go back into office, maybe it's full time. Others are going back into the office, maybe two days a week, three days a week, one day a week, whatever it may be, there is an adjustment to that. Uh, It's more of a, in my opinion, more of a mental adjustment, a mindset adjustment than anything else. Uh, But then there's also logistics adjustment, because if you've been working primarily from home and then now you've had to adjust to in office, there's all sorts of things that we have to adjust to, such as commuting or uh, the way we get work done or, you know, our processes to get organized, to get set up for work. All of that's affected by this whole return to office post pandemic reality that we're in. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was a bias that has really come out through a lot of the surveying that we do. I ask people, you know, what are some of your challenges? And I ask that with all my clients in every event, but also all my coaching clients. And here's what's come up is that since the return to office, there's people where employees are judging other employees based on how hard they're working. (laughs) And for those of you listening, not watching, I've got air quotes, how hard they're working. (laughs) And the reason I say that is, uh, and it makes sense because when you're in hybrid, there's the other biases that contribute to that hard work bias. So the other biases include, am I working primarily in the office? And therefore, do I think I'm working harder than people who are working primarily remote? Am I working primarily remotely? And therefore, I'm thinking that I'm working harder than people that are working primarily in office. So those biases around distance or proximity bias lend itself to perceptual bias around what is hard work. Now, interestingly enough, you know, this trend of what is hard work That was happening even before the pandemic in that a lot of generational attitudes around what constitutes hard work was already sort of pushing up against each other and creating some conflict and challenge in the workplace. For example, a baby boomer or a Zoomer, that's a baby boomer who refuses to age, uh, they would feel like in office, seeing you in your chair, seeing you work means I can prove that you're working hard. As we've gone to more technology, innovation, cloud-based solutions, applications, all that stuff, we know that data can actually tell us how hard somebody's working. We also know that in a results-oriented workplace, the results speak to how hard someone is working. So I think where we are at, the juncture of where we're at right now, is to really elevate that human part that I talk about in my book, Super Crucial Human, and to look beyond our own sort of personal perspectives, which is the personal level in my me to we mindset model. We want to elevate to that, uh, what am I learning about how this person approaches their work and how they view hard work? How can I shift and include and be more inclusive of the different ways in which people work? And how can I catch myself when I feel that maybe I'm working harder than anyone else? Now, it's interesting because a lot of times when we see somebody doing something, we don't have all the information. And so we jump into judgment. So for example, let's say you and you are working remotely and a team member is working in office, you're jointly on a project and you've you've delivered on all your promises that are part of that project and you did it on time, ahead of schedule, you know, you did your pieces, they're done, they're you can walk, you go like this and I'm, I I've done my part. And perhaps that other person is behind schedule or they are not on top of it. And so your perception immediately is, oh, they didn't work as hard as I did or they're not as committed as I am, or whatever that contrast judgment perception might be. 
The truth is from a human perspective, there might be a variety of factors as to why that person didn't meet the project deadline as you did. So for example, in, in, inside that, there's all many, there's so many layers. Um, the driver personality is wired to be uh, ahead of deadline. They don't procrastinate. That personality is, I got things to do. It's on my list. Check. It's done. Uh, detailers are the same. Detailer, typically though, a detailer will procrastinate if they're missing information. So then again, using that example of you're remote, you met your project deadlines, you have somebody in office, they're delayed, they're not meeting their project deadlines. There could be a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they're a detail of personality. They need more research facts and information before they present their deliverable or what they're supposed to do. Uh, scenario number two, they had some personal issues happen that set them behind schedule. Somebody was homesick. Uh, you know, they themselves had to have medical appointment. Like there's so many things as we know as human beings that can contribute. Now, I'm not giving that person a hall pass by saying, oh, we've got to have more understanding. That person who's not delivering on time is responsible for communicating and managing perceptions of his or her uh, timelines on, as it relates to that project. So on that person's side, their responsibility and accountability is to communicate to the project team to say, hey, I know Friday's the deadline. Here's where I'm at. I'm waiting for this, this, and this. My commitment to is to get it to you Monday at the latest based on all of that. Or if it's non-negotiable, I will work you know, extra to make sure I get it in for that deadline. That's the responsibility of the person who's not meeting the project timeline. The responsibility of the person who might go into judging mode or might be going, well, you know, and get frustrated and irritated and start playing the blame game. The responsibility and accountability for that person is to ask the person clarifying questions rather than jump to negative assumption. So those clarifying questions could be, hey, what else is going on with you this week that, that may challenge you or have you uh, miss the project deadline? Um, what, what is it that you need? Do you think it's critical to the project? Uh, here's what's necessary. Here's what's not. Could you deliver this part of the project deliverables and then follow up with the balance of it on Monday? So it, it, there's a, as you can see, as a way I'm describing it is rather than jump to judgment, and, and I know a lot of people, when they hear this, they're like, I don't have time for this, Cheryl. I'm busy. I'm, I'm literally on top of my own work. Now you're asking me to manage someone else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in a future where hybrid is the norm and where shared leadership is the norm and where we're moving from me to we, the focus is on how do we succeed, not just ourselves. So it's one thing if I succeed and meet my deadline and all of a sudden I go, oh, well, I'm good. I'm golden. Everybody else can, you know, <laughs> catch up when they're ready. It's more like, yes, I've done my part. And what can I do to elevate everybody else in the project team so that the team as a whole and the project is a success overall? That's the mindset shift that we're all making in this time and in this era. It might seem like it takes more time, but actually in the end, it saves time. And the reason it saves time is because you're communicating in advance before anything goes awry. So you're, you're actually staying on top of the communication that's needed to clarify expectations. And one of the other survey uh, responses we got for the biggest challenge was not getting clear expectations from leaders, not getting clear expectations on project parameters, not getting clear expectations on performance expectations and results, not having clear expectations on my progress and how I'm going to 
proceed in my career and in my work. All of those things are critical, specifically in hybrid, to amplify, elevate, increase our conscious communication. In a previous podcast, I talked about conscious communication as a super crucial human skill. Part of conscious communication is setting expectations, candid conversations on a continual basis. So consistent, candid conversations. And then what that does is it eases up the pressure for everyone, but it also increases available time because we're communicating regularly and we're we're constantly setting those expectations. So a little bit of a, a test for you right now is I'd like you to mull over this whole podcast message of hard work bias. You know, what's your perspective of what is hard work? Um, you know, maybe ask yourself, am I more somebody who, you know, I, I, I'm all work and no play. Another question to ask yourself is there's somebody who meets their deadlines and they seem to have a really balanced life, like they're able to build in a walk or a bike ride or something in the midst of their day and still deliver on what they promised. Uh, Because I think the opportunity here is to watch where we're biased to our own work style and how we work and expand our perspectives to learning from other people's work styles and how they work. A great exercise that I think is really wonderful within organizations is, you know, when you have your virtual meetings and 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 even though people are in office and remote but you're having a virtual meeting so everyone can connect, you know, have that moment to share, hey, here's a day in the life of how I work or here's my definition of hard work and and if you can openly dialogue about that with a team, you get to understand each other more. And you get to understand their work styles even more deeply. And then this helps us to work together better, more clearly as well, or more, more effectively. So um, I'll give you a personal example. Um, I'm, I'm a consultant. I have my own firm. I have a number of people that I work with, both outsourced and inside my own team. And a lot of times I will think that I know what I'm saying. You know, I'll think I'm completely clear and that it's, you know, and I'm a Zoomer Gen Xer. So I'll think, you know, I've communicated it clearly and and I've set the expectations and then I'll still get sort of that look of bewilderment <laughs> from some of my team members and I have to take a step back and rather than get irritated and do that push back, uh, which I still do momentarily because we're human and that's the normal reaction, but then to shift from that to wait a second, this person's uh, experience with this is this. Or this person's still learning, and I'm assuming that they know this. So those are the things that are my checks and balances for me to to check in and go, wait a second, have I have I really openly communicated? You know, if this is a new hire, can I expect this person to know 15 years of knowledge that this you know somebody might have inside the company? So I do see the hard work bias as something that we need to out, that we need to openly dialogue about, and that we need to hold ourselves accountable for to make sure we're not getting into that personal mindset that says, I'm, I work harder, I work faster, I work better, because that's more of a me want mindset. The we mindset that is, this is how I work. This is how my team members work. This is how we can work together better. I hope you got some nuggets out of today's podcast. As always, I look forward to any of your feedbacks. Please share it on social or send me an email, Cheryl at nextmapping.com and share this podcast with anyone that you think needs to know. Wishing you all the best. Take care. Take care.